0: Thank you. Good afternoon. Welcome to your North Carolina Court of Appeals. My name is Chris Dill and I'll be presiding today. And to my right is Judge April Wood. And to my left is Judge Jefferson Griffin. Eddie Sanders is our clerk today and Richard Remillard is our marshal today. So we thank you all for being here. We have one case on the calendar, very interesting case, Brewer versus Rennes Center. And if you're ready, to proceed. I will we'll hear from the appellants. And just let me know how much time you want to go ahead and approach, but how much time you want to reserve for for rebuttal, and I'll i will um, I'll keep your time here. You can pay attention to that, but I'll kind of give you warnings, because sometimes you'll get near to the end of the time, your time, and we'll start firing questions at you. I right. I'll, I'll always want to make sure you have time to at least wrap up what you want to talk about. So that's sort of a guide, but I'll kind of keep you posted. So do you want to reserve any time?
1: Um, I'm going to try to reserve five minutes.
0: OK, that's fine. OK, we're ready. Go ahead.
1: May it please the court, my name is Dwayne Jones with Hedrick Gardner, Kinchel and Garofalo. Uh, with me is Brendan Kumalander, he's an associate in our office. Um, we represent uh, Rent-A-Center in this matter and their workers' compensation insurance carrier. Um, the main issue today and, and what I would argue is the sole issue, um, although I suspect that we're going to get into some ancillary issues. Um, is that the full commission erroneously determined that the expert evidence presented by defendants in this matter, uh, through Dr. Novak and Dr. Young, uh, that that evidence was not competent and not sufficient to rebut the Parsons presumption? So
0: you would concede that if the order weighed the, if the order, if they, if the full commission weighed the evidence, then y'all lose. Your whole issue is they never got around to that because you're saying that they just they said it was incompetent. Is that is that basically the issue? Is whether they, yes. Just, did they discount your witness because they because they thought that they were incompetent, rather than they just didn't give it much weight? That's what. You're, that's what. Does that what it comes down to? Well, t-
1: two parts. Yes, that is what they. I would contend that they did, and I think the opinion and award shows that with the the findings of fact and the conclusions of law. Uh, two. Even if they did weigh the evidence, and I think that's what we'll. I will get into is that at this stage of applying the Parsons presumption, there's really no weighing of the evidence that would go on sort of in the traditional sense that this court normally, you know, you you don't disturb the full commission's weighing of the evidence. Um, You know, they get to— Well, couldn't
0: they—could your client bring forth evidence, and they'll say, yeah, that's competent, and it would rebut it, so you've met your burden to rebut it, but we give it no weight and so are we we and so the other side doesn't have to, does the other side have to do anything if they decide to give it no weight because that would be a factual question
1: my argument is, go, yeah, go ahead. my, my argument's going to be that in, in, in this stage where defendants have to come forward with competent legally sufficient evidence to rebut the presumption if we do that that, that there's not really any way and there's an assessment of whether it's sufficient but there's no real way right. if we do that the presumption is rebutted Then you move on to the second stage, and they can take my perfectly competent, sufficient evidence and say, we assign it no weight. We assign plaintiff's doctor who says this is compensable greater weight and fine for the plaintiff. Well, didn't the
2: commission find that there was competing, you know, expert testimony and therefore the uh, defendant didn't rebut the presumption because they found that um, they just—it seems like they just didn't find the evidence credible.
1: Well, they didn't say anything about credibility. They said competency and insufficiency, and I think there is a distinction there. And to answer your question, um, I think if I got it right, um, no, they can't weigh the evidence at that stage. They can't weigh competing evidence at that stage. The only burden that defendants have to rebut the presumption, and when you look at the Renegar case, the Perez case, the Gonzalez case, they all speak in terms of defendants have a burden of producing evidence Defendants have a burden of showing. So defendants come forward with evidence. Again, it has to be competent. It has to be legally sufficient. I mean, it has to meet all the the things in Holly and all that kind of stuff. Um, But once you do that, the presumption is rebutted. And then you move on to the second stage. The burden is returned to the plaintiff. And then you certainly, the full commission, and we've conceded that in our brief, has every right to weigh the evidence Say that uh, this position is is more of an expert, or we take their opinion to be greater. And, and is it then- possible
0: that you could put forth your evidence to rebut the presumption? The plaintiff put forth nothing. But the plaintiff still win because the commission says, okay, we're going to wait. We don't really give it much credit. No, for
1: that's not possible.
0: That's not possible. That's not have possible
1: have, because the burden would, if we rebut the presumption, the burden would have Then there's a presumption the that,
0: that they lose and they have to come up with something. Um,
1: yeah. Happening. I mean, I wouldn't call it a presumption, but the burden of proof, again, when the, when the whole thing starts at any day one of any comp case, okay. it's always the plaintiff's burden to prove the injury is compensable.
0: But in this case, they did put forth some evidence, but you're saying they never got to that stage. Is that correct?
1: Well I would say that they didn't put forth sufficient evidence to prove causation but that's the, the that whole commission qu- never got to that point well, That
0: would be my question is, is it possible that the commission said you know if it's for, I mean whether it's uh, um, competent or not even if it is competent you know if we if we treated it as competent we're not going to answer that question Well you're saying they did answer the question I mean, I'm just trying to think is it possible they could also say that I think was, even if it's competent you still lose because it, in weighing it we don't give you
1: any They could do that. They could. They They just
0: didn't. You're just saying they just.
1: They did not do that. I mean, again, I would say theoretically they could do that. In this case, my argument is going to be they can't do that because the plaintiff did not come forth with their sufficient evidence. But theoretically, yes. And I think that that's how you know sometimes the the cases get a little bit commingled up because and and these stages get a little bit blurred. Because yes, oftentimes defendants come up with evidence. You know, we, we all have our doctor that says it's not related. Plaintiff has their doctor that says it is related. You know, the way the presumption should work is defendant's evidence rebuts the presumption, you shift to the second stage, you take my doctor, you wait against the plaintiff's doctor, and at that point in time...
0: So if you rebut the presumption, that doesn't mean you win, it just takes... Oh, absolutely. I'm reading now the Conclusion Law 3, and the President defendants have failed to rebut the Parson's presumption, and so the only issue before us did you present at least some evidence that would be, uh, that's, that would rebut it?
1: Some competent, legally sufficient evidence to rebut the presumption, yes.
2: Well, didn't the commission find that they just didn't believe that Dr. Novak, I mean, they made a finding that Dr. Novak doesn't treat patients clinically, is not board certified in pain management, does not, or did not examine plaintiff, did not provide any treatment to plaintiff and has never met him. And then they go on to say that Dr. Novak said he's got some sort of, unidentified autoimmune disease and that his current condition can't be related to his work injury and that the commission just discount that?
1: As a matter of law, those reasons would not discount the evidence. They would not render that evidence legally insufficient. They would not render it not competent. If, if we get to the second stage, all of those reasons can certainly be why they pick Dr. Maxey or Dr. Tiffany. Or, or the opinions of another doctor over the opinions of Dr. Novak. Well,
0: let me ask you a question. So, I think this is an issue in your case. Let's say I fall off a ladder at work, and and compensations. I mean, I get benefits, and so basically, it's established in the first instance that yes, my injury to my back was caused by me falling off the ladder. Five years later, I have the same injury, and your expert says I don't think that. Falling off the ladder caused an injury in the first instance. You're saying that doesn't necessarily render your your evidence incompetent?
1: Again, two things. That's not what my doctor said in this case. And two, it would not render it ineffective.
0: Okay. Um, I thought you talked about, well, there may be a factual uh, (coughs) finding, but not a legal finding or something like that. I thought you talked about
1: that. Right.
0: But is that what the commission based it on in part? I think so. That your witnesses said, we don't think that that's, I mean, your, your witnesses said that they didn't think that the fall off the box caused the injury
1: in the first instance
0: i'm not saying that's what you're you're going to argue that's not what your witness said that's correct okay um so that that finding is not supported by the evidence or that
1: it's not supported by the evidence but it's also not supported by the law because there was no fact ever deemed to be a fact and well talk
2: to me about that because there's the whole issue of the form 63.
1: the form 63 section one which we did not uh, deny within time. Uh, we've conceded that that transformed into an award of the commission, and and you, 9782 says that establishes the compensability and the liability. It does not establish any facts. There's no facts established other than something happened on this date, and we were responsible for paying medical treatment for it. It might be different if there was an opinion and award that had came out and said we find this fact occurred on this date. So I get how it gets sort of closed. But don't you
2: just concede that there was a work-related injury and it was due to whatever the plaintiff put on the Form 63 and that's why you're paying the damages and the award? Well,
1: and again, I'm not trying to, to parse out too much here, but my position is that there is no fact that was established. Obviously compensability was established and the liability of defendants are establishing. We have to pay medical compensation until we come forward with sufficient, competent medical evidence to say it's not related.
0: I guess it's similar to like, if you sue me and I don't answer, you can get a default judgment, but can that be used as a statement that I made in any other action? I don't think it could because I haven't admitted anything. It's just deemed admitted as a matter of law. Is that sort of what you're saying? It's just sort of deemed as admitted, but it can't be really used for any, though in this case, we're in the same
1: act. I haven't thought about the legal consequences of your analogy but it sounds to me like yes that's exactly what I'm saying it doesn't establish anything other than the compensability but the point that I would like to make is when you look at the testimony of dr. Novak and dr. Young I don't know that either one of them ever testified I don't believe an injury ever occurred and none of them ever testified well anyway when you look at their testimony it is you know, Dr. Young testified. Whatever injury happened on this date, it is no longer causing the symptoms. So that's how his answer. They're is. looking
0: at this injury that they see today, and they're saying that wasn't caused by it. We don't know what was what injury he might have had back in 2010. No. You're just saying the injury here, that's right? All. They
1: they and, and they based that upon all the the MRI studies and and the other um, film studies that were done. I think they were all MRIs, but. You know, so he says that then on page 19 of the deposition, you know, the the question is prefaced, uh, you know, he said, based on the imaging studies and review of the medical records, I cannot relate and explain Mr. Brewer's injury of 7-1-2010 to those studies. I cannot relate that injury to the many symptoms that he is currently experiencing. Then he's asked the question. So put another way, if Mr. Brewer is experiencing pain symptoms today in his neck and back, is it your opinion that the those current neck and back pains are not causally related to the July 2010 work event? Not on the basis of the MRI scan. So they never presume that I don't believe anything ever happened. Therefore, nothing can be related to it. They base all of their all of the questions, especially well, yeah, Doctor. You know, just read the deposition. I'm not going to read it all to you because it goes from about 8 to 19. Every question is prefaced with based upon the MRI, based upon the MRI, based upon the MRI. So every opinion that he elicits is grounded in not, I don't believe it ever happened, but in these MRI studies do not show an acute traumatic injury. Thus, whatever he's experiencing today, it's not related back to that. And I think Dr. Young, excuse me, Dr. Novak, um, is. she's also, she ties everything to the imaging studies that he had on when the incident occurred and all the subsequent imaging studies thereafter have never evidenced an acute injury. Therefore, what he's complaining about today is not related to what happened in 2010. So again, I dispute the fact that the, the, and I, again, spe- specifically with Dr. Young, the full commission found that the sole basis of his opinions was that no injury occurred, um, and, and that's factually wrong, and two, it would be okay, yes, I would argue that it would be okay if he did because there is no conflicting fact already established by the industrial commission simply by the acceptance of the case on a, uh, the form 63. pepper me with quite a bit of questions there so I got a little bit lost but I'm gonna take a breath to see if you have any follow-up questions
2: well finding a fat number 38 was not contested and it seems that the Commission actually put in dr. Novak's testimony that the number one basis is he doesn't have imaging studies to support that his imaging studies are basically negative and have been from the very beginning and it seems from that the Commission got that she denied he ever had an injury as of July first,
1: twenty ten. Well, I'm confused about how your extrapolating seems to have gotten from that. If, if then that still.
2: Well, there seems to be further findings of facts that aren't contested that explicitly state that he had an injury on July 1st, 2010, and because of that, he had to have surgery because of the July 1st, 2010 injury. And it it appears that the Commission is noting that Dr. Novak said we well, didn't have an injury from the
1: very beginning. What what part of finding the fact 38 are you saying she did not have an injury from In the very the beginning?
0: Block quote. Second line. Right, but
1: he, she doesn't say he never had an injury on that day. She's saying that the imaging studies do not show any acute traumatic event. And if, in fact, he had a serious injury that would still be causing problems some uh, 10 years later, that yes, on this MRI, I should have been able to see something there. It's not denying that he didn't have an injury. I mean, I think she could say he didn't have a serious injury. Um, nothing that would show up on the MRI. Um, so, again, to answer your question, I, I don't think that they found, or, I, again, I, I, I don't think that she based her opinion on there's no injury. And, and you know, I, I, would, I, I would say the that. the commission
2: if, found that she based her opinion on there's no injury. And,
1: but that's not based on any fact. And I don't think that you can look at that paragraph and say, well, it wasn't on the imaging studies. To extrapolate from that, Dr. Novak did not believe that an injury occurred. She clearly did not believe an injury occurred serious enough to show up on the, an MRI. Well, and,
2: then we're just substituting our judgment for that of the commission at this point, then.
1: No, you're not. No, I respectfully disagree. But, but, um, and again, I would say that in this case, when you look at the H- Haponsky case, determining whether the evidence is competent is a question of law. That's what I'm asking you to do and determining whether the evidence is sufficient to establish causation or rebut the causation is a question of law. That's what I'm asking you to do. And so by virtue of the fact that any time any one of us comes up here and says, look at the causation opinions, um, you you are asked to go back and weigh that causation opinion. Um, I, I think, I don't know how many causation opinions I actually cited in the brief, but I know I cited to Holly and the Supreme Court went back and looked at the full commission's determination of this injury is sufficient to establish causation and they went back and said, no, it's not. They did not go back and say, well, I can't look at it because I can't weigh it. So I, again, I'm gonna rely upon the Hapnotsky case and say, uh, Judge Wood, yes. I'm asking you to substitute your judgment in this case because the law says that you can, the law says that you should, and if you were determined, was Dr. Novak competent, and was her testimony uh, legally sufficient to support causation or rebut causation in this case, pursuant to the cases of Holly? Was it to a reasonable degree of medical certainty? Um, then yes, you, you should reverse, and I'm asking you to reverse. Is
0: and- it accurate to say that she said, I'm not really sure what caused it, but I just know the fall didn't cause it. Could have been some lupus or something, that's, but, and, that, but, and that's okay, as long as her testimony said I know that that didn't cause it, that
1: fall caused it. Yes, and again, to, to differentiate Dr. Young and Dr. Novak, the full commission just said that the, he didn't believe that it occurred. But with Dr. Novak, they went on and said, she's just guessing. No, she's not guessing as to it is not related to the fall. Um, she's then asked, I mean, a lot of this was in the, the first part when they're talking about fibromyalgia, and she's like, look, I don't know what all he's got going on here, but none of these things have been ruled out, so I'm not going to say it's fibromyalgia. Later, she says, she offers, I think it may be these things. But again, that doesn't somehow render her statement to a reasonable degree of medical certainty based upon the MRI studies. I don't think that what he's going through now is related to his original injury. It does not render that speculative by trying to look over here and say, well, it may be this. And that's what she was asked. What do you think may be causing these things?
0: So now tell me why you think that they're expert. Didn't, didn't even meet their standard. Assuming you rebutted, why, why do you think that their, their expert didn't?
1: Is, is everybody good on the, that, or at least for the hypothetical situation that we've rebutted? There is a distinction when you move from one stage to the next. I understand yeah, I understand that. Okay. So your, your position is that the Parsons
3: presumption, conclusion of law, that we can review de novo, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: All right. So that's. You can review whether it's competent and whether it's legally sufficient to in this case, rebut causation, pursuant to the standards in Holly. And so if you do that, and again, I think in our reply brief, and just to be clear about that is, you know, that's an error of law. That's what I contend. Um, certainly at that point, you can remand it back to the full commission and say, look, you, you screwed up on this conclusion of law, fix it, and then go forward.
0: But you would say that if, if, she, if they didn't produce any evidence to rebut it, you yeah. automatically win. Isn't that what you told me? I didn't you have, automatically win if you've rebutted the presumption. They put forth no evidence.
1: The, and yes, that's what I would argue. And,
0: and then you would said, I think at the beginning of your argument, that they didn't put forth any real evidence. That, that, they did not that put, opinion So, so you would automatically win, I guess. So, so I'm you, yes, why did you? Why do you say that their 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 expert is no good?
1: Because all of their evidence is is guesswork. No one says to a reasonable degree of medical certainty that the current symptoms the current treatment that he's being prescribed is related to the original injury there's not one doctor that says that says that I mean it's it's doctor all of them
2: well, you didn't, you didn't raise a challenge to, issue, to finding a FAT41, and finding a FAT41 says Dr. Young ultimately agreed he was not offering an opinion regarding whether plaintiff's current need for pain medication is related to his original injury, and that imaging studies are just one part of determining a patient's
1: diagnosis. And again, Judge Wood, respectfully, the part about the imaging studies, yes, and I think that would go to the weight of his testimony at the second stage. And so, you know, if, if, if Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Maxi, the, the orthopedist, had have said to a reason of medical certainty is related, we adopt Dr. Maxey and we discount or, or discredit or sign lesser weight to Dr. Um, um, young because he just looked at the MRI, that would be certainly fair. Um, but again, going back to that, that does it, it does not render it incompetent, it does not render it legally insufficient. Um, and so but the did, way- do,
0: Did Dr. Young say that I think that, that that the injury, that that his current condition is not caused by the, did he make, did he make, did Dr. Yes. Young give that same, Dr. Young did give an opinion. In <clears throat> page 14,
1: my, page 19, page 22 to 23. And you're saying 41 doesn't contradict that?
0: Finding a fact 41- he, he,
1: he, he would not go into the medications, but he says that the current the, 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 the symptoms that he is complaining of are not related to the work injury. He's being prescribed medication for the symptoms. So I would say, he even when he did say that, he's, again, the, 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 the issues, the, the medical issues that he is having right now are not related to the injury. Yes, Dr. Young stated that he would not venture into, I'm not gonna get into what prescriptions, he says. What, well, what he, he
2: also, number 42 says, when asked about his deposition in 2020, Dr. Jones declined to offer an opinion regarding the cause of plaintiff's current symptoms or the need for treatment, he indicated he would defer to a pain management specialist regarding whether plaintiff's current medications were appropriate. And then talked about 15% of patients have residual pain from surgery.
1: Well, but Dr. Jones, I, I I would agree that that's what Dr. Jones says, and I haven't relied upon Dr. Jones' opinion at all to say that it is not that it is not related. I don't I don't think there's anything in Dr. Jones's deposition. I'm, that says it's not related.
2: But don't you have conflicting evidence here, conflicting test witnesses, expert witnesses, that talk about what the, why he has pain and what it's from? You have Dr. Jones saying, I don't know. You have Dr. Maxey who says it's related. You've got Dr. Well, do- Novak who says it's not.
1: Dr. Maxey did not say it was related. Dr. Maxey could not render Uh, uh, an opinion to a reasonable medical certainty that it was related. No doctor rendered an opinion to a reasonable medical certainty. They either
0: said it didn't cause it or they didn't know.
1: Yes, and that's the crux of
0: why. Nobody otherwise really, none none of them really knew, but I guess maybe accurately ways, none of the doctors really knew what caused it. Two of them just said definitively, I know it wasn't the accident. Yes. So that's probably, nobody really knew what co- what was causing it's just two of them your two witnesses just said i know it wasn't the accident
1: that's correct okay. that's sufficient to rebut the parson's presumption that places the burden of proof on plaintiff and with the burden of proof placed upon plaintiff he cannot point to a doctor that conclusively says or to a reasonable medical certainty says that it's related yes ultimately depends yeah, when because of before that before
0: you eat into your five minutes so you have so about two minutes before you eat into your five minute rebuttal.
1: Um, I mean, I, I may have touched on everything I mean, there's some d- details that, I, uh, you can,
0: reserve all, you can reserve seven minutes if you want to, going to
1: I, again, when you get to what it takes to rebut the presumption, I do want to, you know, sometimes, and I think that the full commission didn't do this, maybe because they didn't get to it, but I don't think they would have done it anyway. But certainly plaintiff is going to say that the burden of proof is on defendants at this stage. And I would contend that it is not, and it is a burden of production, it is a burden of showing, it is a burden from the, again, the Renegar, the Perez, is the Tarrant. Is there Kandalski. a case
0: that says that that, 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 that? that law has got to be settled, but I don't I mean. I would,
1: well, I'm, I didn't do work. There, there's nothing that comes flat out and says it, it is an evidentiary presumption, although the courts treat it as it's an evidentiary so presumption. So you
0: say the law is if if you rebut the presumption, then you win unless they can come back. And say. Yes, but they might say no. It just means now you go to the second stage, and they can give your your witness no credibility. I
1: well, would say that. I would say that. That. But but all I have to do is come forward with competent. Legally sufficient evidence to rebut the presumption, I don't have to win the day. I don't have to win it by preponderance of the evidence. It is not a burden of proof on me.
0: Because initially the burdens with the injured employee to show that they're they're entitled to cover. Right. We we
1: accepted it. There's a presumption that applies to me. So it
0: just starts you back at square one. That they got. You're saying
1: we're not reweighing your evidence to get forward with the presumption?
3: Yes. Yeah. You just have to competent.
1: I I put forward the evidence. uh, uh, Despite what the full commission said, it is legally competent, it is legally sufficient, the presumption is rebutted. We go to the second stage, and... In the
3: second stage, they can tell you to go kick rocks or do whatever, right? They can weigh the evidence however they want at the second yes, stage. Yes,
1: yeah. they can. And, and again, had they found that Dr. Maxey testified to, her, if, if they had actually found Dr. Maxey testified to a reasonable medical certainty that it was related, I would be up here pounding the thing, saying they did it wrong, they, they, but that I would lose anyway. Um, but, but yes, I do think that the procedure is important to follow and it's important to set out. And when you look at the cases, they do treat it that way. And especially the, uh, I think it's the Perez case, when they refer to defendants, they talk about a burden of showing, a burden of production. When they talk about the plaintiff, they talk about a burden of proof. Um, I do think that that's important distinction. And I think it shows that, yes, and again, it doesn't even make sense if, the burden of proof is on defendants and we prove that it's not related you know all the cases then say and it shifts to the plaintiff well if we've already proven it by preponderance of the evidence how can the plaintiff prove by preponderance of the evidence that it's actually related so I do so that's why the and I I know my rebuttal time is running out but yes uh, I'm not asking you to reweigh the evidence, Judge Wood. I don't think there is conflicting evidence as to what our uh, expert said. I think that it is legally competent, legally sufficient. It should have rebutted the presumption. That's the main error that the full commission made. Yes, in your hands right now, I do think that you have the authority to go forward and say, and there's nothing that plaintiff has offered to show causation, defendants win.
4: May it please the court. Uh, my name is Kristen Henriksen of Cardinal Law Partners. I represent the plaintiff, I believe, Mr. Robert Brewer. I've represented Mr. Brewer for about 11 years at this point. <clears throat> just a couple of brief facts about Mr. Brewer's case. He did just have an admittedly compensable injury. In July of 2010, he fell about 10 feet from a stack of boxes. He was working as a store manager at a rent center at that point. He had been employed there for about nine years. Um, but the issue we have before us is the Parsons' presumption. Prior to litigating this claim, defendants filed a request for a hearing in August of 2019, which was about nine years after Mr. Brewer sustained the original injury. Defendants submitted the claim. They provided treatment. Every physician that is in the record other than the experts retained by the defendants are authorized treating physicians that were selected and authorized by the defendants. Mr. Brewer treated with a number of physicians over the past 12 years, but most notably, are Dr. Maxey, who is the orthopedic surgeon who performed a cervical fusion in 2014. Um, he is with Emerge Ortho of Hickory. He's board certified in orthopedic and spine surgery. He well, Let me then, ask you a
0: question. Yes. My, is it accurate to say that every doctor that testified, nobody knew what co- nobody testified that they knew what caused the injury? but they had two experts that said, we know it didn't come from the accident. Is that accurate? Did anybody say, I know, I, I, it's my opinion that the injury's causing these things? Or do they, did none of them have any idea what what caused it? It's just that two of them said they, they, they their opinion was it didn't come from the accident. Is that accurate?
4: I don't believe that's completely okay, accurate. Okay, so
0: what, so what doctor would you say that would not apply to?
4: Dr. Maxey, when we deposed Dr. Maxey, he testified and he differentiated his testimony as to the cervical spine versus the lumbar spine. He operated on the cervical spine. He did not operate on the lumbar spine. Dr. Okay, Maxey, so,
0: so Dr. Maxey says there's a finding, could not determine the cause of the lower back pain. Okay.
4: He did. He, he testified more specifically about the cervical spine because he did surgery on that body part and he did say that he there was objective findings with the cervical spine and he could relate what was going on to the cervical spine um now the other doctors that were seeing him doctor maxi
0: say and i think that the cervical spine it pain was the cause was caused by the accident
4: yes he he said that he differentiated his causation findings when you had the cervical versus the lumbar spine he talked a good bit about post-surgical pain and and
0: so you would say no witness knew what happened with the lumbar, but you had a witness that said that the cervical spine part was caused by the accident.
4: I would say exactly what they said is Dr. So Dr. Maxey also further testified that he believed what he was treating the plaintiff for was related. He could not get as specific with the lumbar spine. He said, I have trouble determining the current cause of the lumbar spine. Dr. Gingrich, who is the current pain management provider, was deposed. He is the most recent treater in the current treater. He came into the picture in 2019, so he came in in March of 2019, nine years after this individual had been injured, and and I'll discuss that once I finish answering your question. Um, he testified that because he was seeing the person so long after the original injury, it was hard for him to say specifically, but we talked a lot about the symptoms and-
0: But we're not giving an opinion. Hmm? But he would not give it, a, that doctor did not give an opinion one or the other.
4: He did not give a causation opinion, but what he did say was that he also could not say that it was unrelated.
0: Yeah, so, but, but you, yeah I understand. Do you, think that the, do you think the defendant at least uh, met their burden to rebut the parsons? Did they put forth competent evidence which a fact finder could use to say, yeah, that, that, that doesn't cause any more. Just by, by having a doctor review records and say, in my per- medical opinion, I don't see that, this, that the accident caused these injuries. Did they re- at least rebut the Parsons presumption?
4: I don't believe that they did. I also, But I don't agree with the defendant's legal analysis of Parsons. If you look at Perez. So
0: what would you say? Yeah, so tell me how Parsons works then.
4: Parsons is it creates a rebuttable presumption in favor of the plaintiff that the additional medical treatment sought related to only the compensable conditions listed on the form 60 or 63. Getting out of the, the Wilkes line of cases we are dealing with only things that are admitted in the case. They enjoy a rebuttable presumption that those things, the treatment requested for those conditions, is related to the original compensable injury. Purpose of that, and I think this case illustrates exactly why we have Parsons, is that this case was admitted now 12 years ago. I
0: understand, so they did put forth witnesses that said we don't think that, that these current, the current conditions was was caused by that accident. So why wouldn't that be, or did they not say that? Why? Why would that not be evidence or some evidence if they're doctors and they're experts? I mean,
4: I think there's a difference in did they put forth some evidence and what is the Parsons presumption actually? Say and how is it applied? So, what were they
0: required to do? What, what, what kind of evidence were they required to just simply to rebut the Parsons presumption? Not to win, but just to rebut the Parsons
3: presumption?
4: I think it requires a step back. The court, the Parsons pre- requires the presumption, and pursuant to Perez, pursuant to Gonzalez, this case is extremely consim- similar to Gonzalez. If we look at McLeod versus Walmart, the court enters into a discussion in each one of those cases where they talk about the Parsons presumption and it, In in my opinion, the two-step analysis is, one, does Parsons apply? There's a 63 uncontested, so yes, it does. Then the commission can go into—the commission receives all the medical evidence of expert testimony, just like they would in any other case. I don't agree that there is a two-step analysis. I agree that Parsons applies, and a rebuttable presumption is provided to the plaintiff. Defendants may come forth with any medical evidence that they would like to produce, but then it is up to the commission to weigh, and in their sole discretion, to weigh that medical evidence and decide. It does that evidence rebut the parson's presumption? There is no case law that supports defendant's argument that it's just automatically rebutted. I could rebutted see, in general,
0: though, there could be a competency issue. And, and let's just say there was a rule that I don't. And I mean, let's, I assume that any, a doctor from California could come and be qualified as an expert here. But let's say that the, and some doctor from California came and testified. You know, I don't whatever for the defendant. And the commission said, you know what? I think the law is that anybody else that doesn't have an Carolina license isn't competent, so we're not going to consider it. And so therefore, we don't think the Parsons' presumption was even rebutted because you didn't put forth any competent evidence. That would produce a question of law for us to say, no, you should have considered it. And your friend's argument is that, that they really didn't consider it because they said it wasn't, it wasn't enough they didn't, they didn't get to the weighing stage because it wasn't enough to, to, to meet the presumption, I guess. Maybe it's, that's not an exact analogy. Um, but maybe it is because I think Wasn't there's some kind of sense that since these doctors say that, 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 that there was no accident at all or no injury at all, we're not going to consider anything they say as a matter of law. We're Just like the, the California doctor, we're not going to consider the California doctor because we think the law is, if you're from California, we don't even look at it. So, I mean, there is a question of law there at some point. So, I mean, so why, so why is that not an issue here? Why is there not a question of law we need to determine? Did the, court, did the commission properly at least consider and weigh the evidence that, that they offered or did they just discount it totally because they said it wasn't competent? Because they used the word competent. They're not competent. was not competent to rebut. And that, that's a, that is something I'm sort of stuck on. And do you think it wasn't competent? Maybe you think as a matter of law it wasn't competent, or do you think it was competent just they weighed it? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what did the commission do? Did they weigh it, or did they just say at the get-go, it's not competent, so you lose.
2: So it may, let me just
0: yeah, help ask.
2: Me. It looks as though in all their findings they clearly say, based upon the preponderance of the evidence and in view of the entire record. So based on their own language, it, it seems as though they weighed the sufficiency of the evidence. So do you agree with that, or do you think that that is the wrong way for them to address the sufficiency of
4: the evidence on the preponderance of the evidence? I agree that they waived the evidence. I think if you look at the full commission's findings, when you look at 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, and then you go into 48, 49, those are all pertaining to Dr. Novak and Dr. Young. It is very clear from those findings that the Commission entered into a very thorough review of those doctors' depositions. They made very specific findings that would that show that they did consider those things. They didn't just toss them away and say they are not competent, therefore we are not going to consider it. They clearly considered it. They made very detailed findings of fact about it that support, and those findings of fact are absolutely supported by the deposition testimony of both of those doctors. They, they testified to the things that support those findings. So I, I think that— I guess,
3: I guess why would we even have a presumption, or this the Parsons presumption, if they're just going to put it all in a pot and stir it around and weigh, weigh all of it either way? Why, why would we have that presumption?
4: Well, I think for the same reason that they weigh any evidence. It's similar to the plaintiff's <laughs> original burden of proving compensability. This is a similar burden. If, if the claim is denied and the plaintiff comes to the hearing, The plaintiff may present evidence, the defendants will present evidence, and the commission considers all of that and provides weight, and provides greater weight to some than the others. The court in Gonzales talks about this a good bit when they're weighing, I believe, two to three medical experts, and there was one doctor who had seen the plaintiff one time and was talking about having a psychological cause to the pain. And there is a reasoning for the court, and they said, "Let's, let's assume. Even if this doctor's testimony was sufficient to rebut the Parsons' presumption, the commission has discredited it, as it's allowed to do. And I think that's the commission's authority at any stage of determining whether it's compensability or a rebuttal of the Parsons' presumption, which is sort of a reverse compensability. They're similar burdens. And at either of those, the commission takes a plethora, I mean, in this case, a, a lot of medical experts into consideration, and- but they
3: say it didn't even apply here, right? They didn't even apply, right? The commission, the part the presumption? They just?
4: They did, said, uh, they did apply the presumption. They stated the presumption applied. They weighed the evidence. And then they found that doctors Young and Novak were not sufficient. And to to answer the question of, of competency versus sufficiency, and this is language I see a lot in commission decisions, I, I think that they sort of interchangeably use some of these terms. And you'll see them do this quite a bit. I, I don't believe they mean an li- issue of legal competence. I think they're trying to tell you that they weighed the evidence. They did not find this evidence to be sufficient, credible evidence to rebut the Parsons' presumption. I think the flip side of this is, when you look at the Parsons' presumption, if you if you go with the defendant's argument of this is how the Parsons' presumption applies, You know, realistically what you get is a situation that would apply to a plaintiff on initial burden of proof and a defendant on the burden of Parsons that either party can produce whatever evidence they want, and then it's automatically rebutted. So why even have a parson? Did Dr.
0: Young and, or, and Novak, and i go back and look at it, did they testify that your client did not suffer an injury on July of whatever, 2010? To cervical the f- lumbar? Did they, did they defend, did, is that what they said? Did they say that, or did they just simply say, what we see here, that wasn't caused by it?
4: They kept. They said that the imaging studies did not reveal any acute injury. Um, that was the language that they used. Dr. Young, when we deposed him, he said that multiple times. He reviewed MRIs and said, I don't see any <clears throat> acute injury. He also later admitted, I can't see things like post-surgical pain or aggravation of pre-existing conditions or other things.
0: But they did not. So did, did, well, My question, did they testify that your client did not suffer an injury in 2010?
4: I don't know if they use those exact words. They were saying the MRI studies did not show evidence of acute injury. That's. I think well, that's the, comi-
0: the commission basing their conclusion on that. I'm looking at three, and it says Dr. Young, um, you know, basically, uh, he, t- in some, he testified because plaintiff suffered no injuries on blah, 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 any treatment, and then they said it's incompetent. And four, it says, Dr. Novak, she suggests first that plaintiff never sustained an injury to his lumbar spine. And... and and so, I mean if that's not a if that's not accurate, I mean I am just wondering is that accurate? I'm looking at conclusion law three and four.
4: I was looking back at some citations from Dr. Young. I mean he each deposition was quite long and back and forth I quite a bit. He um, I didn't go to med school. I he did he did testify that he did not believe that there was any injury that came out of that. He said the MRI findings are negative, there is nothing on there. I mean that was the gist of what he was saying is he wasn't factually present to say there was no injury and he was careful to hedge away from things that were he not was related. But he
0: was looking at images that were taken at the time of the accident, is that right? Did he go all the way back there? And So he said, I don't see anything here that would indicate that, mm-hmm. okay.
4: He had every MRI scan that was ever done and he said, looking at those, there is no evidence of acute injury, of you know, injury sustained from this accident. That's- Did
0: your witnesses say the opposite? Did they see things in that, in those, the, the, th- the same things that their doctors looked at Yes. Did, they base their, did they base their opinion on other things? No, so they're, this, they're both looking at the same MRI, and one of them sees something, the other one doesn't see something.
4: That's correct. That um, Dr. Yeah, Drs. Maxey, Jones, and um, mainly Drs. Maxey and Jones were the, the surgeons in the case. And Dr. Maxey and Dr. Jones saw surgical pathology in the cervical spine, recommended an anterior cervical discectomy infusion. If one has a negative MRI, a fusion surgery is not recommended and performed. Both of those doctors agreed with that. There was a third doctor, Dr. Knapp, that also saw for surgery. So all the doctors looked at the same
0: MRI, and one of them didn't see anything, and the other one saw stuff?
4: That so, is wow. correct. Okay. Practically speaking, that does happen with, with depositions of doctors. One will say one thing, one will say the other thing. I but, guess judges do that with the law sometimes, too. Look at but that, that is, one said, I don't see any evidence of acute injury or anything in these early MRIs, and the other one says, well, I see enough to see, do a cervical fusion. Okay. Well, let's
2: talk about the rebuttable presumption and the fact that your client filled out a Form 63, and therefore you contend in that regard then that because the defendant didn't contest them that those were deemed admitted that everything in the Form 63 was deemed admitted by the defendant, and therefore his injury, there's a finding that his injuries were as a result of the fall from January 1st,
4: 2010. Yes, and the defendants fill out the Form 63. So they're either an attorney or a claims adjuster would would be the one that chose those body parts and signs the form. Um, And because they are the ones that chose what they were admitting, they admitted the neck, the back, and, and some other things, sternum, spleen other things that were kind of acute injuries as a result of the fall. But, yes, I mean, Parsons via Gonzalez applies to an undisputed Form 63, which becomes an award of the commission just like a Form 60 or years back a Form 21. But that becomes an award of the commission as opposed to just those body parts. The defendant, though, is arguing
2: that just because they fill out the form and they don't ask for a hearing, it doesn't mean that they're saying that those injuries were specifically found that there are facts relating to the injury just that it
4: was an injury that was uh, compensable that is what they contend what is your contention my contention is a couple of things I, i i don't understand how one can admit that and by legal definition a workers compensation claim that is compensable is an injury by accident so they've already admitted an injury happened he sustained an accident occurs he sustains injuries as a result of that accident i would also point the court to findings of fact three and four which are undisputed in the original opinion and award which further established the mechanism of the injury the body parts involved and then if you look at findings of fact five through 28 it details all of the medical treatment all of the diagnoses that occurred all of those are completely uncontested so i think that even if even if it is true that defendants argue that, well, we we filed the 63, we did not contest the Form 63, but all that says is that something happens and we have to provide medical treatment. I think that if you look to the undisputed findings of fact, it is deemed supported by the evidence that it describes what happened, how it happened. But
0: what if conditions. I break my arm, you know, one night and the next day I come to work and I'll go, oh, my arm hurt it, and, and so, and the, my employer believes me, and so, Signs is 63 and goes with it. And so they've admitted it, and I get treatment, and I'm getting treatment. But then, like, you know, a few weeks later, there's a witness that says, You know, I saw Judge Dillon, he broke his arm the night before, and they get, I'm on video camera breaking my arm, and they get evidence. Are they just out of luck? Or can, they, can, they, can they now challenge what?
4: They can challenge. They have okay, 90 so days to challenge. Why can't they challenge?
0: do that here? Why can't they do why can they, They've admitted it, but now they've got some doctor that's looked at it, and like, you know what? We don't think that's what caused it if that's what happened why can they not do that
4: here there's a limitation on the time period so when they file the form 63 they have 90 days to contest they can get an extension for an additional 30 days which is what a lot of carriers do instead of denying a claim if they're unsure about the circumstances of it they admit on this payment without prejudice form and they have 120 days to investigate it and figure it out but if they do not contest it at that point then the commission So
0: for a year later my my Fake employer finds out that I faked it. They're just out of luck.
4: They would file a claim for fraud at that point.
0: I, I can see that. <laughs> okay, that would be the exception. Okay.
4: That would yeah. That would be your avenue there. Some sort of fraud or or contractual issue.
0: But they would say, okay, we've paid all these years, but you're you're saying they're just foreclosed ever to challenge it to make future payments. They're it's just it's just they're locked into that fact. That's that's what happened. That your your client was injured because of the fall.
4: I don't think that they're locked in. I think that there has to be evidence that the commission finds to be credible. In this case, there's issue with the type of medical evidence that is presented. This would stand for defendants can shop for any doctor they want to and find and in this someone. Case, the
0: commission found they weren't credible for the simple reason, because they were, they were doing what you just said they could do. They could, you could bring an expert in to say, I don't think that's what caused it. And so, therefore, going forward, we don't want to pay. And that's the very reason why the commission said that they weren't going to even consider their testimony, because they were they were doing what you just said they could do. Because you, I, I understood you to say that they could bring a witness to say, a doctor to come in and say, you know what? This didn't really happen, even though this house had 120 days. But going forward, we don't want to pay, and that would be okay for the commission to, that doesn't necessarily, that they're allowed to argue that. If they are allowed to argue it, it then why can the commission use that as an excuse not to even consider their testimony because they might have made that statement that we don't think that there was ever an injury to begin with? I mean, are they allowed to do it or not?
4: If I understand your question, are they allowed to present these doctors Can they bring say- a doctor
0: in and say, I don't think that ever happened? Maybe it's outside the 120 days, so they can't go backwards and get, get, go back and get money from the, from the past and, and get a call back. But going forward, they can stop paying based on the fact that we now have evidence to show that that's not what happened.
4: I think if, if you're bringing forth evidence, like, say, a witness that says this person did not actually fall, then you've got a separate issue from a medical doctor. And I think anytime, time you have a medical issue, whether it's original compensability or rebutting the person's presumption, both sides present medical experts. Some of those are doctors that may have treated the plaintiff. Some of those are retained experts. Most of the time in the commission settings, there are doctors that are retained but actually saw the plaintiff and evaluated the plaintiff and then provided an opinion. But the commission is always at liberty to weigh all of that I medical that. evidence and decide what do we think should be granted the most weight. And within that weighing, did the defendants rebut the Parsons' presumption with the evidence that they have presented? So I just
3: assume they have rebutted the presumption. What's the burden on the plaintiff at that point?
4: Once the presumption is rebutted, the burden is back to the plaintiff to show that the conditions are related that is that is the burden on the plaintiff if the defendant successfully rebut it
3: so what i guess what what would these in, in this case before, us, so what would they have to show to meet the presumption to rebut the presumption <clears throat> other than two doctors testifying
4: well and, and it goes back to the weight like if you look in Gonzales, if you look in those cases Right, but why, they say, why
3: i guess why are we weighing it at that stage if they you know if what's the, what's the point of having a presumption if they have to weigh the evidence before the presumption?
4: They're weighing the evidence to see if it rebuts the presumption. The presumption in all of the case law has not ever been, if the defendants produce anything, then the presumption is rebutted and it goes back to plaintiff. That would sort of, it would take away the whole purpose of the presumption. The commission is always at liberty to weigh any testimony whether it's a A lay witness or an expert witness and determine the credibility of that witness and i would say that's the point of the weighing is to determine the credibility because in this case you had multiple treating doctors you had three or four expert witnesses i mean they had they had probably nine doctors before them and they couldn't say well if you if you don't weigh some of them then
0: well let's say there's this new super imaging machine could they bring a doctor in to say We've looked. We've looked at this dude. Can you bring? Can you bring a doctor in to say, I don't think that this that, that this injury was caused, or there's an injury there caused by that fall? Can that be evidence? You said that you could bring a witness in that said that no fall. But could you do that? Could that be some evidence?
4: They show? can. Re- yes, they can retain any well, position they well, choose. And,
0: and they did that. And it seems to me that the commission didn't weigh the evidence. The commission just said because they admitted it in the rule 63, we're not even considered. I don't see where the commission weighed. Did he really, did he really suffer an injury on 2008? Because now they're arguing we shouldn't have to pay the same, because now we know he didn't really suffer this thing. We may not be able to go backwards. And you're right. The, the commission can weigh the evidence and, okay, let's, let's see what the doctors say. But they, it seems like what they're saying is we're not even going to weigh it because they've admitted it on the form 63, so we don't even have to address that. So tell me, did they, should the commission at least weighed that? Because that's their defense. Ms. Anderson oh. may I just ask yeah. a quick question? Because yeah.
2: I think we're getting lost in what the Parsons' presumption actually is. As I understand Parsons, Parsons gives plaintiff the presumption that any additional, like here and now, any additional medical treatment is related to the original injury. So it presumes there was an injury and any additional any additional uh, treatment thereafter relates back to that injury unless they can rebut it and what i see the commission saying is because of the parsons presumption they just denied there was any injury to begin with and that is contradicted by the parsons presumption is that kind of your understanding or do you have a different understanding no
4: that is that is correct i mean the parsons presumption they've admitted the claim they've admitted that an injury took place they've admitted that an accident occurred the Parsons presumption pertains to additional medical treatment, so and that's can what no we're dealing.
0: Bring in evidence. I'm sorry, so they cannot bring in a medical doctor to say, "Okay, there's an injury, but that injury wasn't caused by the fall because maybe we have a medical. We we got MRIs from four years before, and he still had the injury. Can they? Can they do? So can they prove? Can they offer as evidence the fact that there was no that the injury that's being complained of actually never did, you know, even though it's more than 120 days later? Or, or is it just simply they just got to show that. Whatever injury they've admitted to, this has nothing to do with the injury. Can they go back and say the injury wasn't the result of the fall?
4: No, your honor, they cannot. They, they cannot. cannot relitigate we'll that after issue. 120 days, unless there's fraud. It's, it's, it's. They may not relitigate that issue. I've had other cases that dealt with okay, that's, different yeah, that's, things, okay, and, yeah, and the commission right. has also found they they may not relitigate the issues of the actual injury by accident and things that were things that occurred. What we are dealing with with Parsons is additional medical treatment. That's really what you're dealing with with Parsons. An injury happened, it is admitted, does so the this treatment issue is relate? The is
0: whether or not this injury he suffered now is related to the injury that he had back the, and, and the issue is not whether that injury that he had back then was caused by the fall because that's been conceded. That's what you're saying.
4: That has been conceded. That is not open for relitigation. However, I think that's essentially what the defendants would like to do here. I mean, I think that... The original hearing was to address TTD, and, all, and that was also listed on the issues for this court, but it was not briefed. Um, I mean, There was an effort to do away with, with all benefits, which hasn't been successful, but, I, but once a defendant admits the claim, they may not relitigate the existence of the injury or the acceptance of the claim.
0: Uh-huh.
4: We are just dealing with—we're dealing with an individual who has chronic pain. And is treating for that, and do, do these medications, do these recommendations from a pain management professional, relate to the original injury? And so Parsons presu- provides him a presumption that that additional treatment does relate, and the defendants produce evidence to rebut it. And the court, the commission, weighs that evidence to determine, does it rebut it? And I would, I would point the court to the language that, especially in McLeod versus Walmart Gonzalez, they both enter into a fairly detailed discussion of talking about multiple doctors when a Parsons presumption is, is evident, and weighing those doctors, the Commission weighed those doctors, and this Court did not go back and disturb the weighing, and it, they enter into that discussion of the weighing of evidence to determine whether it rebuts the Parsons presumption. Are there any other questions on those, those points? Um, Just to summarize the, the appellee's position, we obviously contend that the Parsons' presumption was correctly applied by the full commission, that they clearly weighed the evidence here in numerous findings of fact, and they just discredited these doctors as they are entitled to do. Because of that, because the Parsons' presumption was not rebutted, plaintiff continues to get medical treatment as prescribed by the authorized treating physician that was selected by the defendants, um, I know that in the defendant's reply brief, they talked about remanding the case to the full commission. I think that I, the findings are evident that they considered all of the evidence before them. I don't think they tossed anything out. Um, I don't think there's any reason to remand it. I think the full commission was very thorough and clear in what they decided and why they decided it. Their findings are well supported by the evidence, and the conclusions are supported by those findings. Thank you. And if there are no more questions, then I will wrap it up. I'm set.
0: Thank you. You got about four minutes.
1: Thank you, Your Honors. Um, first off, I'm not relitigating any issue in this case. Um, you know, we accepted the claim. What's on the Form 63 is, are the body parts that we accepted. Uh, Judge Dillon, I think your analogy was right on point about the. You know somehow subsequently being able to determine that uh you know actually the entry didn't occur like maybe you do have the super imaging machine um you know after 120 days or if we file the form 60 to begin with we're stuck with it and and you know we have accepted that entry, whether it occurred or not you know because we could erroneously file the form 60 we could just file a form 60 to be beneficial you know maybe one supervisor or or, or somebody filed it accepted it and then the other one comes back and says you shouldn't have done that Again, we are not out of the compensability of that claim, and the Parsons' presumption would apply, but we should at least have the opportunity to present some evidence that should be deemed to be competent evidence that, well, wait a minute. Actually, I don't think anything ever occurred. Um, And Judge Wood, to your point, even if you reject that, Dr. Novak, again, we talk about Dr. Young, and you ask, uh, Ms. Hendrickson, w- w- if he said it, she said he did state that he believed it never occurred, but she didn't give you a site. I gave you, I think, about 13 pages of straight deposition, every question prefaced with, based upon the MRI report, based upon the MRI report, which should be credible evidence that he's not making up facts contrary to the, uh, the commission. But I'll even go to Dr. Novak. She definitely didn't say it. That you know, the commission assumed or said that she suggested it, um, but she never testified that. I don't believe an injury ever occurred. So again, I'll go back to these two doctors. You want to knock out Dr. Young? You can't knock out Dr. Novak. Um, Gave competent evidence, legally sufficient under Holly to say that this was not related. Ms. Henderson talked about Perez and Gonzalez. I, I would disagree with some about the, the weighing of the evidence and both Perez and Gonzalez. defendants didn't put forth any evidence. So I don't know what weighing could go on between competing physicians. Um, in the McLeod case, yes, it is, uh, they do talk about weighing it, but again, I'll go back to, if you go back to my framework of you rebut the presumption, then you move on to the second stage of where you can weigh the evidence. You know, Judge Stroud said, even assuming arguendo, the doctor's testimony was found to be credible, then the full commission clearly didn't give it any weight. And that's what they should have done, and what I'm saying is perfectly fine if you all wanna do it in this case, which is we rebutted the presumption, now weigh all the doctors. I don't think it's gonna benefit the plaintiff, but but you or the full commission can go back and weigh that evidence at that point in time. You know, the only unfortunate thing in the the McCloud opinion is yeah, Judge Stroud Ends it by saying we don't err and determine that they rebutted the Parson's presumption. But again, I would say that that case, it wouldn't have mattered anyway whether they rebutted it or not. The defendants were going to lose because once you weighed all I the evidence. Yes, she,
0: she said that um, you admitted the injury that he had, whatever injury he had back in 2010, was caused by the accident. So we don't, that's off the table according to her. So the only issue is whether or not the current injuries he's suffering is related to that injury. Doesn't matter where that injury caused the accident not, where that injury he suffers now is, is from the same injury that he suffered back in 2010. Did you have a witness that said that that's not, that's not the case, or they just simply say, we don't think that injury was caused by the accident? I know it's a fine I, distinction.
1: No, I'm saying, yes, both Dr. Novak, that's what I was trying to say is, both Dr. Novak and Dr. Young said, the current treatment that he is seeking today is not related to the 2010 event, injury, okay. right, and okay. so yes, that's, no, nobody asked them the question, um, did the injury ever occur, or, or, or did, the, did the incident on this date result in an injury in 2010, no one ever asked either one of them that question.
0: I'll give you one minute to wrap up if you want to.
1: Well, I, uh, that's all I had, I mean, I, so I'll just reiterate, uh, I mean, unless there are other questions, again, I, I think we rebutted the presumption. That's the error that the full commission made, and like I said, I, uh, in these cases, you can remand it back for the full commission to pick up at that point. I think that you have the authority, and I think the evidence is before you. Uh, that then you can move on and say, you know what? Yeah, they rebutted the presumption. The burden of proof is on plaintiff, and plaintiff didn't meet that burden. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for your arguments for we'll taking under advisement.